Hey everybody, I am Dee Dee LeFrac. I am coming to you from the Tenderloin District of downtown San Francisco. It's San Francisco Dam, your daily unfiltered podcast. From yours truly, Dee Dee LeFrac, a self-described sexist, womanist, bohemian trophy widow. All of those things are true. I've got a background in performance art and San Francisco Public Cable Access TV. I am one of the godmothers of San Francisco Public Access TV. You've probably seen DDTV. If you've lived in San Francisco for years, you've seen it. Robin Williams used to watch my public access TV show. Today is July 1st, 2020, and I'm talking about the heroes of the junkie apocalypse. So I'll demystify what it is, and then I'll name you the heroes Junkie apocalypse is a term I created. It is what happened when Mayor London Breed announced shelter in place way back March 16th. Seems like it was last year. We're going into our fifth month. She gave permission to junkies. And yeah, eight out of 10 citizens living on the cold concrete of San Francisco are junkies. A dictionary term for a dope addict. I demystify drug addicts by calling them junkies. I'm not here to coddle them. I'm not here to pat them on the head verbally and say, oh my gosh, like the phony liberals and the fake progressives. Oh my gosh, the how they're the most vulnerable. Our houseless neighbors are the most vulnerable. No, y'all. These junkies on the streets of San Francisco are notorious. They are ferocious. They're grouchy. They know, hey, why pay rent when you can pitch a tent? That's it. So Mayor London Breed has basically given junkies the opportunity to redesign the city in a most uncomfortable way. My downtown district has been the primary containment area for junkies and criminals. It's a very small district. San Francisco is a small city, only seven miles by seven miles. Small city. My neighborhood has a population of 20,000. It's the most culturally diverse neighborhood in the city. Many immigrants, different Asians, Hispanics, whites. A lot of white people do not claim living in the Tenderloin, but they do. More white people live in the Tenderloin than black people. There, I said it. Tenderloin has the reputation of being a black neighborhood. It is not. But visually, you see black people because these knucklehead black male junkies and most of the um, the black people on the streets of the Tenderloin are males. They like showing out. They like being on the sidewalk, you know, shucking and jiving, strutting around like little roosters, you know, getting their, their pats on the head by the fake, phony, liberal progressives. Anywho, I'm demystifying what's been going on for new listeners. And did I say thank you to everyone who listens? I really appreciate you coming along on this journey, this performance art podcasting journey, quasi-confessional document. And I'm going to my point of the heroes of the junkie apocalypse. Now, the junkie apocalypse, imagine if you will, you go outside your house, not outside my door, around the corner from me. 
and there is a tent, and inside of the tent is someone who is not paying rent, someone who pretends like they're paying rent on the sidewalk. They are grouchy, confrontational, sexually harass women. They get free needles from the city. Yeah, you heard that right. Free needles from the city, y'all. Although there may be toilets around the corner from them, they, they can, you know, pee anywhere they want. There's somebody who gets paid about $80,000 a poop patrol goes around and picks up their poop. Anywho, let me just stay focused on the heroes of the junkie apocalypse. I like to paint a picture because, you know, thankfully, this wonderful daily short format podcast is catching on. I like creating cult art. I'm not trying to become famous. I am not a numbers counter. I like to say that a lot of people want to become famous. Becoming famous is it's weird and it's expensive. I mean, people have no idea what they're in for if they become famous. If I wanted to become famous, I would have went down to Hollywood. I would have stayed in Hollywood when myself and my collaborator and my late husband, who was the lighting director for this movie, my friend and I, Scarlett Harlot, we won a lot of awards for the short interracial date rape drama that I wrote starred in and co-produced with Carol. It's called Yes Means Yes, No Means No. This is back in the 90s, people. Uh, we won a big award first prize from the American Film Institute. We went down there and we uh, taught a, a seminar. We did led a seminar in Hollywood. It was nice. I could have stayed down in Hollywood and I didn't want to. I like my nose and my breast exactly where they are. I like myself. Otherwise, I would have been in Hollywood if I wanted to be famous. I, I am comfortable with my cult artist status. Anywho, I've demystified what a junkie is. And, and those of you may be thinking, oh my God, they need housing. <laughs> it is a drug issue. It's not a housing issue. It's the drugs. Junkies lose housing children, jobs. Like I said, it's a dictionary definition for a dope addict. When you are so, you're on that fentanyl, you're on those, that heroin, you're on these opioids. You, the only thing that you're focused on is getting more of that and getting more money. So they criminalize neighborhoods. I feel I've said this so many times, but I have new listeners every podcast. They criminalize neighborhoods. So if you think you want somebody living in a tent in your neighborhood, you are deluded and possibly a fake phony progressive because, honey, you're going to be in for a hell ride. So here's the heroes of the junkie apocalypse. And I've said it before, and it bears repeating because I'm an appreciative woman. I, I was protected for decades by my late husband. He was my soulmate, my best friend. If I had any problems, Richard Lefrac handled it. Rest in peace, sweetheart. Say I miss him is an understatement, but I have a lot of him inside of me. How could you not? If you live with a great guy, you're going to uh, pick up his ways. He was, he had a lot of gravitas. He was a classy guy. Anywho, the heroes of the junkie apocalypse once, once more for feeling is UC Hastings College of Law. They balled up. They bossed up because they're in the junkie and the dealer zone of the Tenderloin. They are located Hyde Street at McAllister Street. 
a law college. Can you imagine kids from all over the world coming with their parents to tour the campus and they see junkies, they see dozens of Honduran and black uh, hardcore drug dealers, needles, feces. So it was just like, you know, messing with their flow. So they covered me under this lawsuit. They sued the city of San Francisco for the deplorable, that's quotation marks, deplorable conditions of my neighborhood. The city sued, the city settled. San Francisco settled June 11th. They got sued May 4th of this year. So the heroes of the junkie apocalypse once more with feelings is UC Hastings College of Law. Now other neighborhoods are talking about they want to sue because the junkies are leaving the Tenderloin, not because they are necessarily getting pushed out, because they can. They have permission from City Hall to go wherever the heck they want to in San Francisco. I mean, really, junkies have tents and Pacific Heights. Those of you who know Pacific Heights, it's a elitist, monoculturalist, primarily neighborhood. That's where this Karen was a... Hassling this guy for stenciling Black Lives Matter on the front of his house. That's Pacific Heights. Okay, so they have their own junkie apocalypse. Anyway, the heroes are UC Hastings College of Law. I will forever be grateful to them. I can't say it enough. They are the heroes of San Francisco's junkie apocalypse. And now other neighborhoods are going to be suing City Hall because they know that's the only way to get the junkies removed from your neighborhood. So, hey, hey, everybody, I appreciate you listening. Hey, guess what? I'm Dee Dee LaFrac. I trust my vibe. San Francisco, damn.